0: You are listening to episode 25 of the Japan Games Cast. On this week's show, the Nintendo Switch finally gets a basic feature, a new Skyward Sword music collection is coming to Japan, and the worlds of Final Fantasy 14 and 15 collide. All this and more coming up. Welcome back to the Japan Games Cast, the Japanese gaming news podcast recorded in Tokyo, Japan. I'm your host, Julian, a.k.a. Canton Gamer, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hey man, how's it going? It's good as always, man. Um, Some cool stuff happening this week. Um, But before we get into the news, as usual, I want to share one little thing with you. Um, And this was actually kind of follows on from the story we had last week, the Nintendo Switch OLED being spotted out in the wild. So this comes from Twitter. uh, This guy, Alex Anil, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's actually the Japan manager or like director for a limited run games, which um, I don't know if you know the company or not, but they yeah, 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 they, yeah. yeah they do um, limited obviously runs of like indie games and stuff like that. But I've been following him on Twitter for a while, um, but he just shared this post. Uh, this is actually from the Nintendo store in Tokyo. So uh, that's in the Shibuya Parko department store. And uh, yeah, he, he just said, basically whatever else has been saying is like, yeah, the screen was just like popping off, you know, like just looks really cool. Um, and I don't know, like, even though it's, it looks the same as the renders because you can see it in like, you know, see, see like a picture and it looks a little bit different to a render. I think it looks, I don't know. It's giving me a slightly different impression.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, obviously we're looking through our monitors, but I can just kind of tell like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, the depth there and the blacks, the, Colors seem to be to be popping, and yeah, what a think, great sh- showcase for the you know Rainbow Road has the dark background, and that's and, it, yeah, uh, yeah. The, I think I mentioned last week that white color is really nice for the Switch too. That is sexy, um,
0: yeah. It, it that should have been the color from the start.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a little better than the gray, I think.
0: Yeah, that was but, a bit uh, depressing, but uh, yeah, I think I don't know what it is, but I guess like because like in the same image and it's not rendered, you can see like the controllers. Comparatively, look quite dark, so it it kind of shows you just how bright the screen is. You know, it really looks like it's just, I don't know, coming out here. And I guess like when when the unit has the Joy-Con off, the bezel does look really slim now, actually, which is quite tempting. Yeah, it it looks
1: nice. (laughs) Like like I might end up. No, I'm definitely not gonna get one of these, but I really want one now that I've seen these photos. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely, absolutely. I, I feel the same way about the Switch Lite. Like I really want one. Yeah, gotta make do with what we
0: got over here right that's it man uh, yeah. uh, just gotta hold off a little bit longer so anyway on to some actual news this week um something incredible happened uh, a pig flew uh, hell froze over um, and all the impossible things happened the nintendo switch finally got bluetooth audio <laughs> yeah um, yeah where has it been man? i'm just baff- i'm baffled uh, this came out of nowhere like absolutely nowhere uh, nintendo just dropped a tweet you know, but the, what they do quite often is like they just randomly drop tweets with like surprising information and this one was no different. They were just like, hey guys, um, yeah, like update now for like system version like 15 or something or 1.5 or whatever it is and uh, you can now get, you know, Bluetooth audio and obviously the internet exploded and uh, everyone was losing their minds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really glad
1: to see this. It, I heard, I heard that they didn't have bluetooth audio support before because uh had something to do with uh, the amount of joy cons you can connect at a time mm, um yeah so I, like i heard that rumors oh yeah so i think like when using bluetooth audio you're limited in the amount of joy cons you can connect
0: yeah so it seems um, to be limited to two separate ones um, but i think that's still actually just mean two two pairs of um joy con if you know what i mean so it's still technically yeah. four units I'm sure it could connect to like all four pairs, but I think they have to just limit just in case, which I think is pretty weak. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I think I think, you know what Nintendo. I mean, it shows that we're getting Bluetooth for four and a half years after the console launched, but Nintendo was very just overly cautious about everything, right? So you know,
1: I I thought that it like wasn't capable of doing Bluetooth audio, but then you know you think about it,
0: the controllers are connected through Bluetooth, right? Yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, and, and there's no, yeah, so, uh, you know, on a, on a hardware level, you know, once something's been sent to the Bluetooth processor, it's like just data, right? That's all it's doing. It's just sending data. So whether it's like a control data or audio data, there's no reason I that mean, that shouldn't work. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, personally, I'm like a wired audio guy, so I always use wired earbuds. Mm-hmm. Like my my phone has, you know, a quarter inch jack or a an eighth inch jack. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so yeah, I don't really mind that much but it's still cool to see they finally uh took care of business yeah absolutely and, uh, just in time you know for the uh for the oled switch yeah exactly so, yeah so yeah you know uh that that makes me think i'm surprised they didn't like add this as a feature for like the oled switch and then just like keep it from the original switch that
0: would have been like, c- kind of cunty though would it <laughs> Because like, yeah. they, I mean, they could have
1: done. They like could have easily done that, right? Like they, they could have, yeah, they like, could have. Like and then, I mean, I doubt it would have gotten huge backlash because, like, you know, it'd be like a marketing thing. But they actually went through with it. You, know, you know, they released uh, the Bluetooth
0: for the, the old chat. model too. So how dope is that? That's uh taking a closer really cool. look at things. So uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, um, yeah, that that wouldn't have surprised me. I think, like, you know, with the switch light and it couldn't dock, you know, um. That actually required an extra bit of hardware, though. So it was it, it was it was found out that one of the cost saving measures of the light console is that the the little processor that basically renders the video output was removed from the console, and that would save ah. you know like five dollars from the, the bill of materials when producing it. But you know mm. that plus lots of other little cutbacks, you know, less plastic because it's a smaller unit a smaller screen because it's a smaller unit and all that kind of stuff they all just add up to to savings right but for the uh yeah, the um oled switch i think if if it had that f- function of bluetooth and the insides haven't changed everyone knows that already it's just the screen has changed i think there'd be a fucking uproar <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah 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 that makes yeah. sense uh not that but, really uh... it would
0: amount to much but um yeah this i don't know who this guy is just some random guy on, on youtube uh basically reviewing the Genki adapter. So I don't know if you've uh, ever checked this one out, but I actually own one of these uh, little Bluetooth adapters for the Switch. And this was the the first like real solution to a lack of Bluetooth on the console. Uh, so as you can see here, it's plugging it in the bottom. Um, and for all intents and purposes, it did a really good job. It's just a bit bulky. You can kind of see it sticks out at the bottom there. Um, but this yeah. actually has one feature that the, you know, the, the official Nintendo solution doesn't actually have. And you can see on the left, there's one light blinking and on the other side, there's another light, right? So there's two lights, but you can actually pair two audio, device, audio devices at the same time to the Genki adapter. Um,
1: oh, nice. And get like a stereo, like a, a wide
0: stereo. Ex- exactly, yeah. Or if you wanted to have two people, you know, listening. So I, g- I guess the only real use case for this might be like on an airplane or something and you've got it on like tabletop mode. And you don't want to, like, split, like, one ear each. You both want to have your own pair of earphones. Or, I mean, mean, you can do that anywhere, right? But, like, I can't remember the last time I synced up two pairs of headphones to one device.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever done that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, that's the only kind of benefit to this. But it does require an additional device, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool that, I mean, uh, maybe this company can stay in business, you know? Because otherwise they're just fucked, right? Oh, Nintendo just, <laughs> just destroyed our whole business model.
0: Yeah, I'm, um, I'm pretty sure they're not too happy at the moment. But they do make other things, actually. They, they recently made this thing. It's called, it was like, um. it's like a power brick. And, um. you know, like most power bricks are. It's got the USB port, USB-C port on the back. But it also has an HDMI uh, socket. So it was basically for the switch and it has the dock built into the plug. So you just plug that into the wall. And then one USB goes to the switch and then the HDMI goes to the TV. So it basically r- removes the need to carry a separate dock and the official charger. So this thing is is about the size of the the Nintendo Switch charger, the original one. So basically oh, so it, it just removes the dock from the equation basically.
1: Oh, so you can charge and send HDMI. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. Wow, that's a that's a big deal cuz I remember like traveling with my Switch like I would have to take the the dock sometimes like if I thought I was gonna connect it to the TV and you know it's like bulky kind of a pain in the ass so, yeah 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 well that's great uh, glad to see the Switch getting updated after all this time and uh, looking forward to that OLED model
0: that's it man yeah so um, not major news but kind of is at the same time you know <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah.
1: I so. think perhaps uh, even bigger uh, news to me is this this next bit yeah, the, take it away, man. Yeah, so the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword has a HD soundtrack CD box set being released in Japan in November. Yes. Uh, and uh this thing is a monster. It's got uh five discs. <laughs> so, yeah, this is nuts. We've got a five disc set and there's two versions being released as well. Mm. So, um and they're not they're not significantly different. Uh the basic set has the five discs in a box but the Mm. uh, deluxe version has like a music box that's it yeah that's so cool and it plays the uh what is it the ballad of the goddess yeah um so this looks awesome it's a an extra 3000
0: yen yeah so eight thousand eight hundred. um i must say i actually have already pre-ordered this (laughs) <laughs> oh nice. The, the, nice. The, the second I saw the article, I was like, right, <laughs> straight there. Yeah. So um this was on uh Nintendo Everything. I think I originally saw this article. Um, but over here on uh Columbia Records, um yeah, they've got the two versions here. So this is the one I pre-ordered. But it actually ended up being a bit more expensive because it says like eight thousand uh yen without tax, so thousand eight hundred. But then there was like like a 300 yen processing fee and then like 600 yen delivery so actually it ended up being like nine and a half thousand yen um, oh
1: so so you had to throw some extra for it that's it yeah a few oh. extra
0: g's but ah oh, just for that sweet sweet soundtrack yeah, this, yeah so
1: this uh, is like probably maybe not my favorite zelda soundtrack but probably number two mm. uh, although it's it's not one of my favorite zelda games unfortunately but uh, yeah i know what you mean but soundtrack like it's the first one that was recorded with a with an actual orchestra mm-hmm. uh, so like this is like you know when zelda music really hit the big time i guess you could say you know
0: yeah absolutely uh,
1: they they lost the midi um or let's, there's probably still some midi in there right <laughs> let's see uh let's
0: see how google does translating some of these names
1: <clears throat> oh have you got the uh the track list pulled up
0: yeah, yeah. So this is actually on the the Columbia website. Um so yeah, this oh, is okay, nice. Goddess Poems. This is um Song of the Goddess. Song of the Goddess, yeah. So like I mean, yeah, file select omen night school. Skyloft, actually, that 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 works pretty well. Under the Under the Goddess. <laughs> oh, bit, yeah. There you a bit go. A bit <laughs> uh, awkward Bud. Toki Mickey. Bud. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. I believe it's just, yeah, the entire soundtrack is 187 songs um which is pretty intense
1: (laughs) that yeah it's it's a lot five discs i mean that's that's pretty intense but uh just totally badass i mean like this is definitely the zelda trap uh soundtrack that i want on the cd the most probably
0: Uh, yeah i mean i mean
1: ocarina of time has a great soundtrack but also it's you know it's kind of n64 uh midi yeah uh, yeah but it's you know still badass but but this one, you know, it's it's a, a proper orchestra playing it,
0: so you can just jam on it. That's it, man. All right, so um, there's actually a video for the actual music box. So let's check this out. But it's really cool, yeah. I, I guess, like, this thing is, like, it looks about the size of, like, a pencil sharpener or something. <laughs> but it's, like, it's hard to gauge in this, this picture because it's just, like, the box, and it's just white, so there's no reference. But it does look quite dinky. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, it's yeah. just, just a very short video. Um, So, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know how that turns out. I'll probably do an unboxing uh, here on the channel uh, for anyone that's uh, interested to check it out.
1: Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, that's great news. Great Nintendo news coming up.
0: That's it, man. So, uh, yeah, some more Nintendo news uh, carrying on with the flow. Uh, I guess, actually, really, this is not not news, but um, I just saw on yeah, the um a couple of days ago. Uh, when was this? On the 14th uh it's actually the, the 20th anniversary of the gamecube here in japan which is uh pretty cool <laughs> uh just i mean we, we we talked um was it two or three weeks ago we had the the 30th anniversary of the Snes, um but that was in the us right we we actually missed well not we actually we we didn't miss the uh, the Japanese anniversary we just we hadn't even started the podcast at that point so
1: oh okay <laughs> it's I kind see. of
0: because that was actually last year when that was came out but um for me the gamecube was just a much more impactful console um i really kind of started on the 64 but i think i think i was like peak nintendo fever on the gamecube i don't oh, know yeah. I, don't, I don't know about you but <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I held out with my N64 for a really long time, but mm. uh, I eventually got the GameCube as well, and for, to me, it's just, like, kind of the the last really classic Nintendo console. Mm. I mean, I know a lot of people love the Wii as well, but for me, something about the GameCube is, like, it's just still part of Nintendo's heyday, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, although, I guess, technically, the, the Wii was, like, selling really well, but... It's kind of just an extension of the GameCube to me, to me, you know.
0: Yeah, well, it's funny because actually the Cube sold was one of the worst selling consoles, but um, I just don't understand, just don't understand how. I get, I mean, the PS2 at the time was the competition, right? But yeah, for me, like this had one of the best games of all time on it, which is Luigi's Mansion. Like this game, I mean, this was this was the launch game for the GameCube, like. How could a console just launch? I mean, except for Breath of the Wild, I don't think I've ever seen a, con- a console launch with such a good game. I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm alone in that opinion. And It's maybe not like the AAA open world games you're used to nowadays, but this game is just so good. Like, it just it showed off the new tech. Like, it was really original as well. Like, there was nothing else like it. Luigi's just a fucking pimp, so I always love to play as Luigi. <laughs> and. Yeah. I just everything about it was so good, and even to this day, like I could I could happily play this game I, for hours. I remember when I got
1: my GameCube and I got this game with it. Uh, I was like really disappointed because I thought like, oh shit, it's not like a a normal Mario game. <laughs> uh, but then when I started playing it, it was just so much fun, and I was I was really surprised. I think everyone who played it was surprised because yeah, the, yeah, like when it was announced, like everyone was kind of dis- disappointed about it, you know. Well, I guess
0: um, I, I guess everyone was expecting a Mario game, right? Or like um, you know, after after Mario sixty four was like, and that launched with the sixty four, right? Pretty much. Oh well, no, it did launch in sixty four. Yeah, um, yeah, So it had been about what five or six years since we'd had like a full three D Mario game. Well, the second one, right? Because that was the first ever one to exist. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But um, I guess yeah, maybe some people thought. Because Nintendo basically reinvented, I sorry, they didn't They like, just invented the 3D platformer basically with their first like launch game on the 64. And I mean that obviously was monumental. I'll probably say a lot more impactful on the industry as a whole than this game. But don't know why. For me, just Luigi's Mansion me is just, it's just perfect. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's got so much character. <laughs> but how about you? What was your what was your favorite GameCube game?
1: My favorite GameCube game, uh, let's see, I think F-Zero uh, GX. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, my favorite. Like, there's there's a lot. I have to go through, like, a, a list of every GameCube game. But, like, F-Zero GX is just like an amazing, <laughs> you know, just amazing game. Yeah, so, yeah. The, actually, the... Yeah, you've, been,
0: you've been talking a lot about F-Zero recently, I've noticed. It's, it's turning into a bit of a theme, so...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's one of my favorite series. And uh, to me, this is kind of like the height of the series.
0: Uh, so, yeah, this was actually produced, directed by uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi, the guy we were talking about last week or the week before, oh, who yeah. is the director of the Yakuza series, or Yakuza series.
1: Oh, that's right, and he just left Nintendo, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no. He just left Sega. Um, but this oh, game Sega, was this yeah, game yeah. was made by Sega, right? So um, I don't know. Actually, I'd like i like to know the history behind that decision from Nintendo. Um, but maybe because you know this was the last like proper F Zero game to come out. Digital Foundry ju- just released a
1: Zero retrospective episode. It's it's really good. Oh, it's interesting. Like a, okay, it's a it's a DF retro and it's over over an hour and like they go into like really a lot of detail about how the game was made oh nice um, perfect also there was an anime an F-Zero anime that came oh, out yeah, I'd heard right about after that, yeah. this game I think so uh yeah apparently it wasn't that good but <laughs> <laughs> but uh I'll still check it out though but yeah, yeah. so if, if anyone else is interested in uh learning more about the F-Zero series I recommend that
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that seems perfectly timely for this conversation then. But yeah, I, just, I, just, I always wondered if, um, you know, maybe Nintendo thought, you know, we don't want to make it ourselves because we're not sure it's going to be... Because this was like the last proper game in the series, right? So maybe they thought, you know, it's going to be a bit of a failure. So maybe we'll just let someone else make it. And then like, I don't know, maybe like, they wouldn't spend too much money on it. Maybe they made a deal with Sega where like, you know, Sega can keep a lot of the profit from the game or I don't know, something... Um. well I don't know maybe they just kind of two guys met you know in a boardroom and just said like, oh, okay you want to help make some <laughs> games like, I'd, I'd like to know the story behind it but
1: yeah it, it's, a, it's a good one though and uh yeah I mean there's just so much good stuff on the GameCube and like I guess Twilight oh the Wind Waker actually oh let me re- yeah let me replace this one with the with the Wind, <laughs> the wind Waker <laughs> I think that's my favorite uh but uh yeah, but, yeah yeah I mean we could we could go through a million games uh what was there was uh, Resident Evil Four originally GameCube? Yes. Uh, uh, actually, I'll
0: do you one better than that. The Resident Evil One remake, which was uh, phenomenal. Yeah. Resident Evil Four is classic. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely I'll complete that game about sixteen times. But Resident Evil One and Resident Evil Zero. Um, oh my god! And probably the game I played the most on the GameCube. Uh, there's two. I don't know. I don't know which one absorbed more hours, but well, well into the hundreds. One was um, Sonic Adventure Two. Um, where they had like the, the chow or like chow or how you pronounce it I think it was like chow But the little blue creatures like it was called chow garden and you had to play the levels of the game to collect these like coloured vials just kind of like drugs or whatever and like you just give them to chow <laughs> and you'd level up the chow and then like, they'd, like these little mini games and they compete but they would be like this kind of like, secret chow that you could only get by doing certain like or meeting certain criteria and uh, mm. it just took so long to do that and the other one was um, when I was like 12 or 13 my brother bought me Dobutsu um, um, no Mori but actually it was sorry it wasn't from Japan it was from Australia it was a PAL version from Australia and I had the thing called the, the freeloader I don't know if you remember that it was like a disc you put into the the Gamecube boot it up and it would tell the Gamecube that it's a different region and then when it says on the screen like switch disc then you were allowed to like open up the tray put a, like an Australian disc or everything and then it would just like load into the game
1: <laughs> oh wow wow I didn't hear about that
0: yeah, uh, yeah. Did
1: did you ever have the uh, Game Boy Advance player for the for the GameCube? Uh,
0: no, I didn't actually. Um, I really wanted it, but unfortunately, yeah, yeah, no, I was I've, never.
1: I've heard that's like still one of the best ways to experience uh, GBA games.
0: Yeah, it was really but... cool, right? Um, and uh, what was um, what was the game Tetris Treasure Tracker, wasn't it? Um, it was also kind of the Wind Waker uh what do you call it like kind of like a little mini game and you could connect the gbas to the the front like controller ports and like use them as controllers and then you have like your own it was like it was a very early like kind of wii u concept wasn't it because you'd have like your own screen on your gba and oh, you could yeah, and yeah. you could basically like you got like your own map for the game or something like that and then the game cartridge was in in the bottom of the uh the gamecube and then mm-hmm. everyone had a shared screen on the tv so like it was pretty pretty elaborate for such a little mini game uh yeah yeah
1: that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. the the gamecube is home to like so many classics and um yeah we probably could have just done a whole episode
0: on you know remembering the gamecube but uh (laughs) i think so yeah but yeah we did that once with the snes already but gamecube was fantastic and um yeah, maybe, you know, when, when it gets to 30 years old, and uh, we're definitely still doing this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Definitely, we'll come back and review it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to our final news story for the week then, Ryan. Cool. So uh,
1: our last bit of news today uh, is about Final Fantasy 15 and 14. So there was a collaboration event on the 13th of September, um, and they announced that uh the final fantasy 15 uh car and costumes will be available in final, final fantasy 14 mm-hmm. which is uh which is an MMO uh so we we're getting some of that later final fantasy content uh brought back into the the MMO and you know uh the MMO has like its last expansion being released
0: yeah, it's not a game that I've played, uh, Final Fantasy 14, but I've played a bit of 15, and I quite like the character designs, although I think there's a bit of a split in terms of, like, who thinks they're cool and who thinks they're a bit, like, lame. Because, like, the story, I mean, the is kind of elaborate, but, like, the overall premise is, like, there's, like, four dudes just, like, cruising around in a car. So, like, they get cold, like, the bros, like, the squad, you know? It's a bit of, like, a, <laughs> yeah. like boy, boys on a road trip kind of thing. Um, oh, okay. And, I don't know, I, I always kind of like the... Style, it, it was a bit refreshing from the usual Final Fantasy, like you know, like kind of magical, like steampunk medieval mix. Uh, this seemed mm. a bit more like just realistic. So the guys are cruising around in this kind of like a Cadillac style car. Um, but actually, it's called the, the Regalia. Um, so we'll see in the trailer here. Um, I guess uh in 14 or Fantasy fourteen you can get mounts so like kind of you know vehicles you could ride on so it says this, this is a four person mount and uh we've got noctis here, the main character from 15 and uh yeah he's kind of all leather kind of like you know leather shirt and black like emo hair kind of costume will be uh, unlockable in the game
1: oh nice. Nice. I I haven't played uh, Final Fantasy fourteen or fifteen. So uh so I'm kinda missing out here. But
0: uh <laughs> Yeah. But I'm
1: really looking forward to sixteen, uh after we saw that trailer. Um sixteen, earlier. yeah, that
0: was that looked dark, yeah. Um
1: yeah, but uh yeah, I guess if I should uh if I should play through fifteen someone should let me know in the comments maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, um I actually played through I, I started playing it on PC, but then I realized it's like it's a Final fantasy game, it's going to take me hours to complete. So I actually downloaded the uh, Final Fantasy Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. Oh uh, yeah, which is on the Switch. And uh, you know, it's got this called got like chibi graphics and uh, you know, all, everything's kind of stripped down a little bit, but instead of being like an open world game, it's got like chapters and all the levels have been turned to like linear paths. So Actually, yeah, it's a lot more kind of like digestible. Um, I stopped playing it for whatever reason, but I might might get back into that actually because I'd like to just know the story of the game. Whoa, (laughs) sorry. That was badass.
1: (laughs) uh, (laughs) We got some crazy animations going on.
0: Oh, wow. That was cool. It was like the Batmobile. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it just just kind of took off into the sky. That was pretty (laughs) rad.
1: Nice, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it looks like this uh, collaboration is running until October 18th. So uh, get in there and check it out while you can.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a couple of pictures of some of the characters here. I guess you can play as a woman or a man. And uh, the car as well, so it's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah it definitely looks like the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one reason to check it out, it's that. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's the end of our news this week, guys. Um, so let's not mess around. Let's jump straight into some new releases. So first up, we've got um, a game that's already been out. This is the director's cut of uh, Death Stranding. So this is actually a bit of a long uh, trailer, about four minutes long. Um, but as you can imagine, Kojima, he's always he's always about the cinematics. And yeah, uh, yeah it was a bit creepy. <laughs> I saw, I saw uh, Kojima actually edited. Oh, it actually says there on the screen, that edited by Kojima.
1: <laughs> edited by Kojima.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of unusual, right? Because like most um, trailers are edited just by like editors and you know they just get sent up not even usually not even someone from the game studio they'll just be sent a bunch of footage from the game and just be like oh, i just make a trailer out of that but kojima is like you know he's almost like a film director in a lot of ways and um yeah he's,
1: I, he's a bit of a i imagine he's quite the control freak about his his ideas mm, you know he wants yeah. to be in the in there making decisions um i mean i think that's the mark of a, a really highly creative person
0: yeah but, uh, yeah but i think but, like yeah. um i mean he's good at it that's the thing you know like the, the, the shots the angles everything always looks so detailed and like so purposefully like framed and stuff and the, the colors the lighting's always so good um but i you know follow him on twitter and he, he kept posting and he's like like um you know like a couple of weeks ago he was like oh i've been up all night working on the trailer and stuff and and then like the day before he came out he was like our oh, final final check through the trailer make a few more tweaks or whatever so, you know, I could tell he was like actually like sitting there, you know, behind the desk um and just really thinking about it like how how it was looking like a movie or something, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I haven't played this uh yet, but I was really close to buying this. Uh, mm. Like when it came out on the PC.
0: Mm. Um
1: so like I guess it would be a better time to jump in now like if the director's cut is coming out.
0: Um, I assume so, yeah.
1: Um it, do we know, is this just PS5, or is it also coming to PC?
0: Um, I think it's coming to PC as well, because um, the director's cut. I don't know the actual details, but I assume it comes with some extra content. Um, oh, okay,
1: it's, let's see. I've, I've got it right here. Oh, okay. So, so it, it's coming to PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and Windows. So, uh,
0: oh, sorry, it's coming to PS4. Yeah, so that would... I mean, it makes sense if it does have extra content. But... Uh, yeah this looks this looks great it looks so sharp and this is one of those games that was really raved on by a lot of people online especially like uh, Digital Foundry um, for its implementation of a uh, DLSS which is uh, the, uh, yeah, the deep yeah. learning super sampling so they I mean they were able to figure out you know the, the, I think at one point they they're running the game at like 720p and upscaled it to like 4k and it just looked like almost in some cases better than the native 4k render which it just doesn't it doesn't seem believable, yeah. you know, but,
1: um, yeah, it's amazing technology.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So
1: it's a great looking game. I, I watched a let's play the first hour or so of this. Mm. And it, it gets pretty creepy. <laughs> like Yeah. I like love it. it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the next game we've got here is fist forged in shadow torch, which is a stupid name. Um, I but... believe
1: it's uh, actually F I S T.
0: Oh, okay. It's not, I mean, you'd read it as fist, right? And, uh, I always enjoy a good <laughs> fist, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is actually a, a Chinese-developed game. So, um, you know, we usually talk about Japanese games, but, you know, I like to feature some, like, other Asian games as well. Like, we talked about Project Eve last week, uh, by that Korean developer. Because um, I think, like, a lot of these... I mean, especially in the last, like, couple of years, like, some of these Chinese developers have really been coming out with some cool stuff. And uh, the graphics they come out with is just insane, like always. Uh, I think... Uh, a good example would be um, Legend of like Wu uh, Wu Kan or something like that. I forgot what the, the name of the game is, but you play as like this mythical like Chinese like monkey a spirit, and like he does like kung fu and stuff, and he has like a staff. I don't know if you've seen that game, I but have, uh, it, it looks insane. The graphics are really cool, and it looks a bit like um, I guess it looks a bit like Jedi Fallen Order, um, but I mean that's kind of off topic because that's not this game. Uh, this looks a bit like um, I don't know. I guess it's going like a Metroidvania kind of style thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's with a hair uh, as the main character. Yeah, uh, it looks really cool. Yeah, it does look pretty cool. Uh, I'm thinking if this this reminds me of something else that came out recently. Maybe, maybe just Metroid Dread. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I me mean, maybe it's got it's got a lot of the same vibes, um, but. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of like side-scrolling stuff. You're in some kind of like um, underground, like mechanical, like kind of base. It looks pretty cool. Um, yeah, a lot of details going on. But from what I've heard, it's it's pretty good. Um, so it comes out like, actually on the 23rd of this month. So in a couple of days uh, from the recording now. But um, I've been seeing like first impressions online. Um, people like Spawn Wave and um, I think IGN did one. And oh, A couple of people have had some kind of like you know, early copies of the game. And it sounds pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I think that's one I actually might pick up. So, last up, uh, we've got a pretty fun one. Uh, This is like kind of a little indie game. It's called Bug Academy. Uh, It's on the Nintendo Switch. And it's made by uh, Paradigm Shift Studios. Bug Shift. Bug Shift. No, no, Bug Academy Paradigm shift.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> but
0: Paradigm. this looks really fun. This looks like a lot of those kind of like, um, that recent trend in like kind of wacky physics-based indie games, you know, like uh, Moving Out or um, Goat Simulator and uh, Octodad. Um, Fight in space. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a yeah, Mario Galaxy vibes there. But yeah it, looks like, <laughs> yeah, it just looks so funny. It, it kind of really got like a Pikmin vibe because you have the little cluster of like little creatures. Yeah. Um, like it the it's home on, run thing from Smash Bros. It, it's it's kind of like mini games based around
1: controlling little insects that can carry stuff.
0: Yeah, it looks so fun, and uh, well, the, the the music is adorable. I love the little was, song here.
1: There was a game published by the developer that made Kirby, uh, where you're like a crane arm. Do you know? What oh yeah, about? yeah, yeah. I forgot what that's called. But uh, it looks kind of like that, but without the pixel graphics.
0: Well, anyway, yeah, those uh, are new releases for the week. So some pretty big games, um, some you know, a couple of re-releases, um, and a fun little indie game about bugs, which that's probably the one I want to play the most. Actually, <laughs> looks looks really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, such a creative creative idea.
0: So I wonder if I'll have to see if it's got multiplayer. I think that'd be a good one. You know, if next time you come around, have a few beers, man, and we'll we'll catch some bugs or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, man. all right guys well thanks for listening this week that's the end of this episode Uh, whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on please make sure you're subscribed and uh, if you enjoy the show then please leave a rating or even a review or you can uh, get hold of me on twitter at kanten underscore japan Uh, ryan thank you for joining us as always yeah thanks a lot and be sure to check back next week guys for the very next episode of the japan games cast